0: From the Dub Lab Studios in Virgil Village, California, this is North Bollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. On the show today, the creator, producer, writer, researcher, is it still all the jobs? Hair, makeup, (laughs) catering, of the great You Must Remember This podcast, Karina Longworth.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: And of course, this being North Bollywood. On the other side of this table, she left West Beverly High on Senior Ditch Day in 1992 and never came back. Their loss is our gain. Molly Lambert.
2: What's up? For today, we brought Karina on specifically to talk about the original Beverly Hills 90210. Today is the day that I've been preparing for (laughs) for
1: 27 years. Your whole life has been leading up to this point. Pretty much, yeah.
2: Um, I have been binge watching 90210 and you were responding in extreme detail to all of my tweets (laughs) with really good 90210 facts and thoughts. And Alex was like, let's get Karina to come talk about 90210, the timeliest of issues.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The thing that you know the most about. well, What you're known for, really.
2: I mean, I could be,
1: to be honest. I, so I did my own complete rewatch of the show like at the end of last year. And I, I mean, speaking of timely, like the reason why I started it was I was like, let me get some fashion ideas from 1990. But then I just like, got completely sucked in.
2: Uh, it's very hard not to get sucked in. I've tried to start it a few times and got put off by the music that they put in because the copyright mm-hmm. on the original music all runs up. So they redubbed in library music, and it's very disconcerting because it doesn't match the time period or your memories of the Mm. show or
0: specific things that you might remember. Right. That like were life changing for you.
2: (laughs) What are you referring to? I'm referring
0: to, I'm just going to get it out of the way now. It's uh, it's, it's Dylan sitting at the the bar of the peach pit, drinking a cup of coffee, listening to take five by Dave Brubeck, which is like (laughs) that whole, that moment it's like last 30 seconds. It's better than La La Land.
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say, because this is mine um, when Dylan and Kelly make out on the beach while Brenda is in Paris it originally played to "Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover." Oh, obviously, yes, yeah. of course it did.
2: <laughs> I would. Give what is it
0: now? It's just just
2: some <laughs> something random, some, like real sex music. Yeah, sometimes it's like so the music is so wrong that it's very distracting, and it's mm-hmm. also like very loud. Yeah. Um, but I I got through that and just started watching, and now I can't stop. And yeah. I'm into season four. I was telling Alex yesterday I was going to try to gun it to the Valerie years. So that I
1: really love the Valerie years. I mean, I feel like after this rewatch, I never would have thought I would say this, but I think season five when Valerie replaces Brenda is my favorite season. But it's also when Dylan like drives his car off a cliff. So and then has like past life. like. Oh, yeah. I think
0: Alex
2: (laughs) just got up to Dylan driving his car off a cliff. Unless he does it many times,
0: I've jumped around in time, and I find myself sort of I'm I'm following the the Dylan rehab plots because there's a there's way more of them than you remember, <laughs> so it's like it's like oh wait this was the time that he was in a coma but not the time that he remembered being Billy the Kid in a past life. Oh, I remember that episode very well. <laughs> well, well that's seen that when one he before. starts
1: writing the screenplay with Charlie the screenwriter, and Charlie the screenwriter turns out to be into past life stuff and wants to put that in the screenplay. So he recommends his past life regression therapist to Dylan. <laughs> and Dylan has to take a taxi to Malibu to go to her house because his driver's license has been taken away because he drove off the cliff. Oh my god. This is
0: a multi-episode arc, PS. Yeah. Like it takes I was a like, minute of you... North Mollywood? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> a <laughs> We're yes. gonna be
2: doing past live regressions
0: <laughs> into Dylan McKay's life, but it it tracks because he's always had that thing where he's soulmates with people, and he was uh, he's meant to be with Kelly because of like uh, flashbacks,
1: because of his like old life as a cowboy. Like, he didn't do it right in the past, and now he knows, like, what he has to do.
0: I also
2: realize now that these seasons are, like, 30 episodes long, yeah. which is why you get things like a time travel episode <laughs> in every season or a clip show. Lots of flashbacks.
0: Dream yeah. episodes.
2: Yeah, I would just watch the one where Brenda finds a diary from the 1960s. Oh uh,
1: I, that is one of the few episodes that I couldn't watch on the rewatch. Oh, my I God. It's
2: so good.
0: It. It's amazing. Dylan looks like Billy Crudup. Like he's yeah. <laughs> he looks
2: like, I was saying he looks like Tom Cruise and Born on the Fourth of July. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he, absolutely. He's early Ron Coe. Yeah. Like just and, uh right,
2: Maybe I'll go back and watch it. It's great. Well, it's also like they did the funniest thing, which is they made Brandon like a super conservative. Which he kind of is. Which he kind of is. It was like a good joke on like how he's like actually like incredibly conservative when he's trying to be woke all the time. Um,
1: He literally walks into rooms and says, I'm a pretty liberal guy. But (laughs) (laughs)
2: like all throughout the college years. So he shows up in the 60s episode to like defend the Vietnam War. Sure. And then Dylan's like, what about My lie? <laughs> It's great. And then they're like, and then the, the character who Kelly's playing, they're like, oh, and then she died too young. She was like too crazy, <laughs> took too much acid, and was too free of a spirit.
0: Those acid she overdoses. It's overdose. <laughs> <That's> too much. <laughs> So you got to, as you've been rewatching, I mean, you brought up like Brandon being a big conservative. Like, the, the, now, the, has there been anything in particular through 2017 eyes that's been weird? For, oh, for you guys everything. to watch this. I mean, everything, everything. But, like, is there anything that in retrospect you look back and, like, it, you, your point of view has changed so much on something because and 90210 has remained static. Like, is there anything?
1: I mean, there's definitely a lot of, like, racial stuff where I think it thinks that it's being progressive. But, I mean, th- I, I think you, like, did a gif or something of, like, Brandon being like, well, everybody's buying a gun since the riot." <laughs>
2: Yeah. All the all the socially conscious like of the moment stuff is so weird.
0: There was a lot of it too. That's like the first 2 seasons are it's a it was like supposed to be so controversial cuz people had sex or talked about having sex at least like they didn't actually do it until you know it was like season 2. Until the perfect moment. Yeah, exactly. It's like it was weird that it was in retrospect it's weird that that's what was so controversial about it since it was took 2 seasons to get to that point. And also and the, the, the actors prominent. were like
2: all 50, so <laughs> it wasn't that weird. It's not like Degrassi where they're like real preteens right. and like very look like real preteens. Yeah. This is like – uh I'm now so old that the 90210 kids are starting to look young to me. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, they look younger than they do now. Well,
1: they also dressed so old. Like, I watched a party episode from the first season last night, and Brandon is, like, dancing with this girl who's supposed to be in their class who's wearing opera gloves.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's what fancy people do. Yeah.
0: Wasn't that a thing, though? Do no. I think it's a thing, or is it a thing, or is it? You think only- it's a
2: thing because you've seen that 90210. Yeah,
0: I think it's a thing because of Swingers. Isn't the when he talks to the girl at the party? She's when got Vince opera Vaughn, gloves. It when Vince Vaughn like gives the, has that long conversation with the girl at the party smoking the cigar. I, think you're I right. swear you're she's right. wearing opera but gloves. I
1: think in Swingers it was like ironic, like retro dressing. Yeah, whereas not like when they. Put the, the costume people put that girl in that outfit on 90210 in 1990. Like, they're like, teenagers wear this, right? Maybe You're there's just things. one
2: stylist in the 90s who was like, I'm gonna bring opera gloves back. Maybe. Single handedly. I wore a lot of like bad retro shit in the 90s, but I never made it to opera gloves. You also, when you watch the show, you realize how just badly cut all the clothes are. You're like, oh yeah, some of these things are cute, but this is like what the 90s actually looked like as opposed to the. Forever twenty one. To God,
1: rerun. in last night's party episode, Brenda was wearing like a Joseph Boy's suit, <laughs> like an oversized gray flannel suit to this like rager that she throws at her house.
2: It was that late, that eighties turning into the nineties. Still got to have those big shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I love shoulder pads. I'm totally team shoulder pad. Um, Alex, you warned me that you have a. Just ironclad
0: yeah. feeling
2: about the Dylan Kelly. Burger. Yeah, I said it
0: was a rock ribbed shipper. I and believe I, was my exact. What words. is rock ribbed? Like you know, it's like st- ironclad. It's it's the same thing. You know. No, I don't
2: know which one. Well, I'm like asked. a
0: strong. I have like, a, a very strongly held belief.
2: Is that like your ribs are made of rocks?
0: I don't know where it comes from. But <laughs> yeah, like, it's that like
2: makes sense in context. But I've never heard that <laughs> phrase before.
0: I don't. I I I don't know where I got it from. I like it. But that's what that's that's where it stands. I am. Dylan Kelly for life. Wow. And Whoa. That is Controversial. That moment, like that, cause that was my, that was my season. That was my season of falling in love with the show was them sort of, you know, there was that leading up to their, is it the summer season or yeah. is that, that's where they have their thing? Yeah,
2: they have a fling while Brenda's in Paris. But what I forgot is that she also has a fling. With Superman. Yeah. yeah. With Dean Cain.
0: And he's playing an American. He's an American.
2: Paris. She's pretending to be French the whole time. <laughs> and her French accent is Brenda so, so painful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, her is. Acti- was she a good actress? No. Like, were we supposed to think she was a good actress yes. in the context of the show? Because she does that, like, diner waitress thing that one oh, time. Oh, my
2: gosh. She does and, it a couple times.
0: And it's like, we're supposed to really be like, this is th- – th- this is like a young Meryl Streep walking in the room. Like, well, have
2: you guys gotten to where she's in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Yes, I'm college? up. I'm right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. it's exactly where I am. Because I was up to the episode where Steve yeah. gets accused of date rape right. and then – Uh, Turns out,
1: bitch is just crazy. Turns
2: out, women just lie about that (laughs) stuff all the time, apparently. Uh, And then somebody, maybe you, was like, oh, you know, shortly after this, he'll be helping her with her audition for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof.
1: (laughs) I have to say that one thing that surprised me with the rewatch, when I was a kid watching the show, I hated Steve. I was like, oh, that jock asshole. And watching the whole arc of him over 10 seasons, I started to feel like it was this great American story that should be like a novel. Um, I still like think he's reprehensible most of the time, but like, I think Ian Ziering at some point was like, I'm never going to have another job, so I'm just going to really fully commit to this. And so he, like, manages to bring pathos to, like, this rich kid who, like, can't figure out what to do all the time.
2: Uh, I saw him at Dupar's recently. I saw your photo. <laughs> uh, he looks great. Looks great. He,
0: he looks, looks the better same. Better than ever. He
2: looks exactly the same. Um and yeah and i was like of course steve lives in the valley of course um,
0: i saw him at the airport when i was a kid like, like white v-neck t-shirt super tight white v-neck t-shirt tucked into like high like stonewash dad jeans and nice. cowboy boots just like a look, just it looked like Freddie Mercury. He was incredible. Like, just only only like nineteen feet tall.
2: Yeah, yeah. I find that I've been much more sympathetic to Steve. I like Steve more than mm-hmm. I ever did, and I also am like finally, you know, sympathetic to Aunt Andrea. Oh yeah, totally. Um, who, Especially
1: when Brandon is just like dicking her over oh my and leaving
2: her on all the time. I always hated Aunt Andrea because uh, I. Too much hatred of myself. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I was saying about the show, I was like, oh, the problem with the show is it's like – too close to my real life, but I'm Andrea. Mm.
0: You were also 45 when you were in high school. I was school?
2: also 45. No, I was like I'm the like kid on a scholarship from the valley at like the rich kid's school, mm. and I like have boring plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> so you have dreams where you're in the circuit.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Who did you want to be?
2: Anyone but Andrea.
0: Anyone in particular, though? Like if you couldn't, no, you, you just want to be choose. Kelly
2: or Brenda. Have
1: it all. I think that I, at like 10 and 11 years old, I was just like, I couldn't even fantasize about that. It was like, they were too beautiful and too thin. And I was just like, that will never be me. And I actually went through this period where I started dressing like Brandon, where I would like wear like, you know, high jeans with like a t-shirt and then like an unbuttoned long sleeved button up shirt, like tucked in over it. And I just thought like, if it was on that show, it was cool. Like I wasn't thinking about gender or anything.
2: Yeah. Um, I think a problem I always have is is dressing like a cute boy that I want to date. Yeah. When you're like, that's how you do it. You dress like yeah, them and then they recognize yeah, you Yeah, and then they'll
1: them. be like, I have that shirt.
2: <laughs> and they'll ask you after the beach bit. Um Doesn't work, 15-year-olds.
1: No. No. Um, no, you should actually probably dress like Brenda or Kelly.
2: They dress silly, too, though.
1: Well, Uh, everybody's wearing jeans that don't really fit.
2: Right. I mean, I think that's the most 90s thing to Mm. me of the real 90s is you're like just these really badly cut dad Mm. jeans on everybody. Yeah. After this break, we'll be right back to talk more about 90210. Kelly and Dylan. (laughs) Let's get
0: back to it. Look, I don't want you to let me off the hook.
2: No, I'm I'm actually with you. Um, I actually also think Kelly and Dylan are well suited, Um, but I think that's also just because Brenda's such an asshole.
1: Yeah, I have to say I'm team like Dylan and like his wife.
2: That's not an option.
1: He got in. He got together with like under, like because he was trying to kill her father. Because doesn't she get run over by a car
2: or something? No,
1: she he she gets murdered. Like she gets assassinated by her father's henchmen Uh, who are looking for Dylan. They think it's Dylan. I think
2: I'm getting it confused with somebody getting run over on their wedding day on Melrose Place. Okay, (laughs) I haven't I haven't done that rewatch yet. Happened like twice. Melrose Place (laughs) is like 90210 without any of the false veneer of social consciousness. Um, although there's a there's also an episode where somebody like gets robbed and buys a gun. Um,
1: but that's not really social conscious. That's just just like weird LA. Yeah, early 90s that was panic. just like
2: the weird '90s LA. Um, but I was saying also because I had sort of been watching, like I was like, season three is like the ultimate season of 90210 because mm. it's the one with the love triangle. Um, and then I was watching season four. And I was like, oh, wait, season four, once they get out of high school, they're, like, not beholden to being, like, a, you know, PSA about issues anymore as much it feels like. But then they get back
1: into it after college which is one of the reasons why the post-college seasons are so bad. Also because Valerie leaves, Brandon leaves and it's just like Kelly, Donna and David and Steve for a long I time. I think I stopped
2: watching at that point. Wasn't, Alex, you were saying there's like a point where it's just like Steve living by himself in the Walsh parents' house? Yeah. yeah. They,
0: <laughs> they needed to recycle the Walsh house like they had obviously paid for it and they're just like we got to keep that in the mix. That's the That, that makes people feel grounded in the show yeah. and so all these people just The Walshs move to Karina, if you know where. Well, the parents move to Hong Kong. Yes.
1: And then eventually Brandon leaves to when Kelly, when they're going to get, he's going to get married to Kelly, but like, I forget why they don't. And then Brandon takes a newspaper job somewhere.
2: Of course he so does. So
1: Steve is in the house and then there's like these two new male characters that move into the house, both of whom are very bad.
0: This is the problem, I think, with this show that keeps it from being like, I really enjoyed going back to even the later stuff, but mm. like they never really rotated in any replacement characters who were as compelling after, like, maybe like Valerie and Claire are the last ones. Yeah. Like All the men were just, it was this parade of like rivals Buffy for like boring white guy yeah. shuttling in and out and you're like, wait, which one is this? I'm like, is this Matt or is it, you <laughs> yeah. know, like literally and I was looking at this, this like synopsis for the finale and it's like Matt tries to decide whether or not to go to New York. I'm like, who the fuck is Matt? And, <laughs> and also I go back and that
1: <laughs> episode is not even on Hulu. So I did this whole like six month rewatch yes. and then like I couldn't finish watching. I couldn't like have closure because because all these episodes from the last two seasons aren't on Hulu because of performances at the Peach Pit. Oh. oh so, can
0: you not get the Flaming Lips episode now? Like-
1: I think that they still have that episode, but they cut out the performance. And it's just Steve, like, walking through the Peach Pit after dark, being like, I don't usually like alternative music, but those <laughs> guys rock the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, if anybody wants to send us, like, some bootleg VHSs of your entire <laughs> 90210 collection that I- you
0: taped off TV. That was how I got into it. I was that was I was the person in my household who knew how to work the VCR. <laughs> so I was like, basically, I I figured it out so that I could tape like Twin Peaks and stuff, and then I started taping it for my sister. And because I'm OCD, I had to label the tapes, and so I had to watch them to see what was on there. Uh-huh. And at some point, no, I mean it was not. It was literally like I was like, oh, I'll watch this garbage show. That's like, and I suddenly like I was like, oh wait, this has like a lot of really important instructions on how to be cool in it. And <laughs> Drive a 1960 Porsche. Yeah, that helps.
1: Have really tall
2: hair.
0: I mean, there were good lessons. I mean, no, look, I think that you, if you have seen me, you know that I'm permanently scarred by this and uh, you know that like I'm I, the hair is this thing you know but I was a Brandon who wanted to be a Dylan that was my problem
1: I mean um, that I mean that's you know that's, that's kind of the, the human condition of most of us. <laughs> uh or we're a David wanting to be a Steve, which is even sadder.
0: I wasn't a David because I didn't have the courage of my like dumb convictions about like the stuff that I was into. Like I didn't have I couldn't be like now I'm a rapper. Now I'm a producer like that like, or whatever it was. Now I'm a filmmaker. Like, you
2: have a radio show and we're all addicted to speed.
0: <laughs> that is that I do. And I do. I never got out of the Mexican death metal phase that he got into during the speed era. I was like, this is just really good music. I, I don't like speed anymore. it.
2: When do Donna and David finally do it on graduation from college night? Oh my god! Yep. Why does she wait so long? Um, it's it's weird because I remember like not thinking it was that weird in the context of the show because it was like Aaron Spelling just doesn't want his daughter to have sex on TV, right? Um,
1: well, there's all this stuff in the first college year where like she almost does it, yeah. and then like her parents keep walking in. Yeah. <laughs> and then
2: and she it has- kind of
1: stops being an issue for a while because then she dates this like boring football player who also won't have sex. And then when she gets back together with David, I can't remember why they don't do it right away. But ratings. Then, yeah, I mean, obviously.
0: Um there's a really good dream sequence episode. Speaking of dream sequence episodes. Oh, I just watched this one. The Howard one. Stern one. Yes, where she's <laughs> having anxiety dreams about lo- possibly losing her virginity to David, and she's feeling the pressure, and her interlocutor in the dream is Howard Stern, but he's played by Mr. Pitt, who's their landlord, um, and it's incredible, and it's like you clearly, like they wrote it for Howard Stern, and they couldn't get Howard Stern. In the <laughs> but minute, it is more dream dinner.
1: accurate to have like <laughs> some guy in their real life looks like howard stern in the dream they're
2: like why isn't this how like in the dream they're like why is this person being howard stern oh for these reasons right dream stunt casting is real it's true there's a lot of dream sequences um the show has maybe as many dream sequences as twin peaks yeah
1: (laughs) i well i don't know if you've gotten there yet um but there's a really good one where dylan i think it's like well he's in a coma (laughs) and he's in addition to like all this like old west stuff that he's thinking about um, he imagines like his life either marrying Kelly or marrying Valerie, and he has like these like competing dreams about that.
2: Which is uh, how Archie rebooted itself with comics about imagining life married to Betty, mm-hmm. life married to Veronica. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like the parallel the parallel uh, lives of. The, the the two Dylans. <laughs> um, but I think why the Brenda Kelly Dillon love triangle works so well is because people have such strong convictions about it and it kind of, they're kind of equal, you know, they're kind of, they both make sense. Both pairings. I feel like mm-hmm. you can make an argument for Cause I did a poll on Twitter. I was like, <laughs> okay, like once and for all. And then somebody was like, who? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> look, we all know who these people are by first name basis. If anyone's too young to understand, then
1: how could there be other Dylan Brendas and Kellys?
2: Yeah, I was just like, maybe nobody knows what I'm talking about ever. Um but the poll was like a draw, basically. I think Brenda won slightly, but it was like f- you know, fifty-four percent Brenda. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I Kelly's was like, people still right answer, ultimately.
0: They had more in common. They were both sort of damaged by their you know, rich upbringing in a way that like Brenda would never understand. Right. You know, the but things that But Brenda
2: read books. True. Right.
0: Kelly Brenda did not. goes to
2: Balzac's house.
0: <laughs> did, yes. Wait. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Kelly did not want to go to Balzac's house. We're just doing a Balzac's house riff. Like, we're warming up here. And I'm never going to be able to recreate it. But I'm going to try. You know i
1: <laughs> Like, Dylan was like. Kelly just wanted to go shopping. I went to find Balzac's house.
2: Yeah, Brenda and Dylan are connected because they're like the fake intellectuals Mm -hmm. of their group. And they're both, I mean, the argument for Dylan and Brenda is that it burns burns too bright (laughs) because they're both so passionate and tempestuous.
0: Well, because they end up, sort of off camera together like in like the story like I don't think they ever like reunite like on screen but like there is when he comes back in like season seven or whatever it is there's a moment where it's under I forget why but he's maybe they think that he's been with her and they're like how's Brenda and he's like you'll have to ask her you know like it's (laughs) well
1: before that there's like a a Christmas episode or something and it's like I just got an email from Brenda (laughs) she says she's she says she's living in London with Dylan
0: Oh, so it's actually, it is, it is in, it's in yeah. canon, it's there, yeah. it's real.
2: They're like, if we're going to write off all these characters, we'll just put them all in the same place. I love when people just start leaving and they're like, they are in London <laughs> now. Well, it's like,
0: it's before it was like prestige TV, so they didn't have to like always have a satisfying exit and return. Like in the finale, like like Brandon sends a video, like he's in it, but it's like he sends a video test of it's like he's accepting like a kid's choice award and he can't be in there in person. He's like, thanks guys. For having me. Thanks, guys. I'm busy with my my newspaper job. I really got obsessed with the later ones because I this it was the ones that I hadn't seen. So when I was watching later ones, it was very surreal to actually see it. I think maybe the most realistic thing about this show, I was saying this to Molly, is that they became such boring adults yeah. <laughs> after their tempestuous youth that they were kind of starting businesses and like, you know, just kind of like I, they seem like they live in like a like a mall, like a Spanish style mall for a it's while. It's a real
1: mall on Melrose. <laughs> Um, which that's is where Matt's
0: office is. Yeah, it's like
1: yeah, so Matt is like this lawyer that Kelly becomes involved. I with. can't believe Matt is real.
0: Matt's real. There <laughs> are so many that I'd forgot Matt. But he's just
1: like the most boring character that's ever been on the show and he's on it for like three years. and you're supposed to like take it seriously that she might marry him, even though Dylan keeps showing up and being like, hey, I need you to come with me to New
2: Mexico or whatever. Of course he <laughs> is then, going to New Mexico. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like Dylan would keep showing up. He keep getting re addicted to heroin, like that. That <laughs> Dylan
2: would be dead.
0: Dylan would be dead. I mean, that's. I, I guess that's a realistic thing too. That's what that I keep saying about really...
2: train spotting too. They would just be. <laughs> dead. They'd all be dead. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, Dylan no kind of
1: looks dead when he comes back. I mean, he's like he doesn't have much hair and he's really skinny. And yeah, I mean, he he looks like a guy who's been like just
2: riding his motorcycle around for like five years. Like he's,
0: he's weathered.
2: So. Um, even by the college years, you're kind of like, guys, stop hanging out with your high school friends, (laughs) like get some new friends. But I also feel like that's kind of the, the way that they bend over backwards to get everybody to go to California university. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Andrea, whose dream is going to Yale decides to just like blow it off and go to California university to be with all her friends from high school, which they like have to do. For the convoluted logic of like putting them that all Andrea together. Nobody cares. She totally should have gone. And also she just gets pregnant. Because she
0: blew One off her second whole future later... to hang out with these people who kind of thought she was okay.
2: They don't even like her.
0: They're like, oh yeah, and invite let Andrea let her, to the intervention. They let her
2: hang out because she's like Brandon's loser friend. Um, and because she sometimes writes papers for Steve. Yeah, because she's like a nerd they can take advantage of. Um, but she uh goes to California university with everybody else. And then I feel like there's a moment when they're all in college together where they sort of like have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> (laughs) And kind of do stop hanging out. Which is a
0: real moment that happens in life. Yeah,
2: where they're like, actually, like, some of us want to be in the sorority. And some of us think sororities are fucking bullshit and would never do that. Um, So why are we all at college together again? Like, we should have all done different things with our lives.
1: But I think that's partially because everybody hated Shannon Doherty so much. And nobody wanted to be in plot lines with her. So they started creating these other plot lines where she's like, she has her sort of like Trump son boyfriend. Um, who she almost marries in Vegas. Oh, Stuart.
2: Yeah. Um, well I was, yeah, I was saying to Alex, like by the time I got to the Vegas episode, I was like, why are all these people still like doing stuff together in a group of seven people? Like they,
1: (laughs) why is Andrea going to Vegas to stop Brenda from marrying Donald Trump Jr.? When the
2: parents are like, we have to go too. You're just like, no, you don't.
1: Well, they do because they were still under contract. Right. Like, that's the thing. It's like like Joey Tata, who plays Nat, <laughs> like, eventually they put him in the opening credits, and it was clear that he was like, I'm going to walk. Like, <laughs> they were going to lose him if they didn't, like, give him more to do, and they couldn't lose Nat. No.
2: I am going to go on a 90210 location tour, I've mm. decided, soon. I just found out the Peach Pit is an old Pasadena
1: Oh, cool. I just assumed that it was like a fake facade that they made. It
2: is, but. Where the facade was Was in Old Town Pasadena somewhere And then cool. Dylan's house Is in Arcadia I believe What Um, And it was a craftsman Because I was watching And I was like Man like Here's how I know I'm old Is that I'm like Very interested in their houses <laughs> I'm like God Dylan is such a nice Fucking house I wanted
0: that house When I was in high school It's like yeah.
2: the greatest house It's a craftsman But then Well it's also like The fantasy of being In high school And living in a house yes. By yourself yeah. I
0: think that's half of Yeah that's what The real fantasy It's not really about Being rich and famous Like that's incidental to the whole it starts out being about that but eventually it's just about having like that freedom yeah. to go drive around and like go on a camping trip with all right. your high school friends like with no chaperones like are you kidding me It
2: does also feel very accurate though to the real life experience of like rich kids being really miserable cuz their parents Don't give a fuck about them where you're like, wow, this kid has everything. And like they get a brand new car and, you know, can do whatever they want all the time and nobody checks up on them. But then all they want to do is like come over to your house where your parents have dinner with you, you know, and they're like, wow, you guys all hang out as a family. And you're like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Dylan's parents, like those characters
1: are really good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Iris McKay. I'm so into Iris McKay. And I mean, the I can't remember the name of the guy who plays... Um, his dad who was like on the Hogan family.
0: Oh, that I was trying to remember that actually I was like, I was like, he's just the 10 of us. Like, but that was Patrick Duffy. Like that's yeah. yeah, So he's the dad from the hook, the Jack McKay is like, and he's insider trader Jack McKay. That's,
1: but then I guess he gets out of prison because he makes a deal with the FBI. But yes, then he and gets that's killed anyway. Right,
0: they put a bomb under his car because he's an FBI informant. But he yeah. does not actually die. He returns. Yeah. Spoilers, Molly. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? He
2: doesn't actually
0: die. I'm sorry, he comes back. Like and in like, like the what?
2: last season. I mean, that's
1: one of the reasons why Dylan shows up and is like, "Hey, Kelly, I need you to come with me to New Mexico," <laughs> because he sees like a news report about like a plane being grounded, and like in the sort of B-roll of people in the airport, he sees his dad.
2: <laughs> what?
1: And so he's like, "I got to go to
2: New Mexico and
1: find my." Dead dad like like, I found up. My
2: dad's been faked his death For 50 What? Yeah
0: But that's, <laughs> that's a separate amazing. story From when he comes back Because his wife's grave Has been moved <laughs> And he becomes He infiltrates Because his wife Recca Gayhart Is the daughter of like A mafia connected sure. Construction Who
2: killed Dylan's magnate. father Right The Who, Noxzema family right. Yes
0: And so initially That's how he meets her Right Because he's mm-hmm. trying to get revenge For his father's he death He
2: wants to kill her father
0: And then they fall in love then they get married. And then he's like, yeah. And then so, but like the, after the assassin, she's assassinated. And then he comes back.
1: Years later.
0: Years later to ju- like infiltrate that guy's organization. It's like the <laughs> longest con <laughs> In the world, because it's like, I like to just go away for three years in the middle of it and just not talk to anybody. I mean,
1: you get this idea that he was like riding his motorcycle around the world, like maybe occasionally doing heroin, but like not dying from it and just like (laughs) ruminating about how he was like going to get back at like Tony Marchette. So.
0: And also get into like nightclub ownership, like <laughs> while, like while he's there. Cause,
1: oh right, because he buys the peach pit again.
0: Yes, and then he. Well, I'm I'm mixing it all up. I think he buys the peach pit, and then it goes just goes right in his arm, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> Or, no, I guess he never, she didn't he's shoot shooting
2: up. He's up that peach pit. He,
0: he, no, he's like yeah, chasing the dragon. He's
2: taking a mega burger straight to the dome.
0: <laughs> if you've never seen Dylan just like smoking heroin in his car and then driving the, <laughs> the Porsche off the cliff in response, like the cops cruise by and he's golden. He's fine. They're going in the other direction, but he gets so freaked out that he makes like a three point turn and goes off a divider into like a canyon. Uh, it's on my Instagram story right now because I saw it happen last night.
1: Well, thank God he did because a lot of good episodes happened after that so
0: go off and drive your Porsche around the desert and find yourself we'll be back with more 90210
2: what is your fantasy pairing on 90210 that doesn't happen but could and should Oh, you know
1: what? I I think Dylan and Valerie should just be together. Oh, for sure.
0: Did that, totally. that never happen? They like
1: fooled around a lot, but he wasn't serious about her, and he was also on drugs.
0: Oh, right. She breaks him out of rehab. Yeah. She's his ride when he le- leaves. the I love the when rehab the bad center. kids
2: get together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Valerie's a real. That bums me out though, because she was definitely. I was talking to you about this last night, Molly. But like, there's like. It, it, They they over redeemed her like they bring her in. She gets the greatest character introduction, arguably, in the history of this show. The greatest new character introduction Mm -hmm. is that like that scene at the end where she's suddenly been she's like, you know, she's been poochied in from out of like wherever she comes. They're like,
2: Brenda's in London now.
0: And, and it's like, oh, you know, my friend our friend Valerie, our close family friend live, that we've never live spoken in of Brenda's before. Brenda's
2: bedroom because of course she will.
0: They all grew up together. Like there's a moment when it's established like how they, that they've been writing letters. Brenda has been writing her letters about Beverly Hills the whole time and like telling her everything so she knows everybody. But yeah, when she's rolling that joint in Brenda's old bedroom. <laughs> Iconic. And, and she, then she calls
2: her friend and yeah. she's like, "What a bunch of avocado heads." <laughs>
1: She's the greatest. And she, she's like like explaining that she's like scamming them.
2: Yeah. What a great Insult for Californians oh, yeah. to call them avocado heads. It uh, still yeah. stings. It's
1: great. I mean, I honestly feel like that character in that season should have just like had a spin-off that's her own show that's sort of like halfway between 9020 and Melrose Place where she's just like running cons all oh, over LA. Yeah. But instead, yeah, instead, they made her like a college student and business owner who like had this history of abuse that like explained
2: everything she did that like wasn't uh, good.
0: Yeah. Lame. What, it's the worst.
2: Yeah. So, so Valerie and Dylan... What about you, Alex?
0: I mean, I don't know if I can top that. I think that's really <laughs> that. Like, you made a convincing argument for Valerie Dillon, and but also it's hard because everybody basically fucked everybody eventually, like with the exception of
2: Donna. And Donna,
0: because like she was holding out for you know that was her char- her whole character arc was that. Right. But she like, doesn't
2: get to fuck Dylan because her dad made the show.
0: Yeah.
1: She does in like one of his weird druggy dreams. sequences, sure.
0: <laughs> but. Is Dylan a good character? I mean, I've been watching he's strictly He's a good for him. character. He's the best character. But is he, like, because I was like, is he a good character? Is he the best character or is he this collection of traits that don't necessarily add up to anything? Well, he's like...
2: It's weird because... Is he a
0: manic pixie dream man? He, yes.
2: I mean, yes, but, <laughs> but so is James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. And so they were clearly like, let's take the archetype of the character from the wrong side of the tracks. And instead, he's like the most privileged kid in the world, but his life still sucks. So he's a
0: rebel. <laughs> But he loves literature.
2: He loves literature. I, mean, I guess
0: and literature movies. and heroin and, he and old loves movies old like movies. it all kind of goes together. Fine. I do
1: love how he like seduces both Brenda and Kelly by making them watch old Hollywood movies that they're <laughs> yeah. like I've never thought about doing this ever. <laughs> what
2: were you saying also that like his thing is that he's like such a like, you know, he's sort of like a good guy, but then like he has to like fuck everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, they have this whole thing about how he has, like, this moral code. Yeah. Especially in the first couple of seasons where, like, like basically, like, he'll be, like, walking through the hallway at West Beverly. And Brandon will come up to him and be like, I'm having this moral quandary, man. And Dylan will be like, you know what to do, bro. <laughs>
0: this is Zen master. <laughs>
1: because, like, and that, but then, like, the show becomes more about Dylan's own, like, inner conflict. But all, so much of his inner conflict is just, like, who am I going to fuck today?
2: Yeah, he's, you know... He's outwardly a dick, but he's actually not that much of a dick. Whereas Brandon is supposed to be a nice guy. He's supposed to be a nice guy worst. and is such a fucking dick all the time.
0: You said concern troll. About
2: he's a concern Brandon. troll. That is he's like the original concern troll. He's like, hey friend, who's about to make a bad decision that might be fun? What are you doing? I'm gonna go make a bad decision that's fun, but like I can do that because I'm Brandon and I'm gonna dick around Andrea for like the whole High school years
0: When Kelly starts having Her eating disorder issues uh, Around uh, her 17 magazine cover story And I like Which I believe is like a long That might be a plot thread Like a long standing thing It might have been established But when she starts being like Oh I'll just have a hot water with lemon And it's supposed to be a sign of something Brandon's reaction is to be like Here we go again (laughs) It is the most, it's like, well, wow. it's like, it's so annoying. Like the main thing that's annoying about it is not that your girlfriend might have an eating disorder, but that like, it's really a pain in the ass to go out to dinner with her because of that. It's like, cause she doesn't the want moment to eat a When
2: I shot my TV, <laughs> by which I mean my computer, um, was in, co- in the college years when Brandon gets like drafted into student government because he's like obviously such a, you know, such a born natural leader um that he gets he gets drafted into student government and then there's like a conflict between his like politically active new student government friends and Steve his mm. like frat friends because um, he
1: joins the progressive party who want to get rid of frats because yes. they're
2: racist right which is like a great
1: idea <laughs>
2: and that was the scene was that the progressive party is like yeah we want to defund the frats and give all the money to the chicano rights <laughs> Organization (laughs) at the school, Uh and Brandon's like, Those guys in keg are my friends.
1: And he throws a pencil. And he throws a pencil. He's like,
2: like, don't, you're just being just as prejudiced against fraternity brothers. And you're like, that is not what the fuck is happening. Shut down the date rape den.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. We haven't talked about when Kelly joined Scientology.
0: Oh, we haven't talked about Kelly's whole arc. Like Kelly being the perils of Pauline is having like all of the (laughs) worst things happen to her Yeah, because nothing bad could happen to Tori Spelling really.
2: I think what is hard about Kelly is that she is such a perpetual victim, Mm -hmm. which is why I think some people like Brenda more because they're like, Brenda gets in trouble, but she like gets out of it because she's just like – peppy. Yeah, and she like
0: insists on a different life for herself and yeah. there's agency. I mean, it's, she's not, I, she's not as likable, but uh, she she's does. not as
2: likable, but I think that's why some people like her. They're like, yeah. she's like me, I'm an asshole. And like, so is Brenda. And like, I should get to date Dylan. Cause like he's an asshole. And so am I, I just, I, as soon as Valerie showed up, I was just always team Valerie and just like really into like the wounded bad girl. Yeah. Wounded bad girl is again on Melrose place. They really take that to the next level where everybody becomes just, like, a crazy, a crazy hard-to-redeem person. Yeah, the Peach Pit gets sadder and sadder. When they're still hanging out there in college, you're like, yeah. okay, guys, keep, find a new hangout. And then they're like, rather than find a new hangout, we're going to open a nightclub. Right, the Peach Pit After Dark is the worst club in Los Angeles.
0: All right, can we talk about <laughs> what the entertainment is at the Peach Pit After Dark? It is... For like a whole season, I feel like, because it kept happening, the entertainment at the Peach Bit After Dark is David Silver in a DJ booth, basically doing a sad podcast about relationships. Like (laughs) that's what...
1: Maybe the last season. I think it's technically like a radio show. It's like, it's supposed to be like a, like KCRW East or whatever.
0: But like people are dancing and then they stop and then David's like, so my life's in the tank. (laughs) Let me tell you about it. And then plays music at like a conversational volume so that people can (laughs) kind of dance and kind of just. So,
2: just like this show.
0: (laughs) It's basically, I want that job.
2: I would go to that club.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely would uh, would do that. But I would work at that club, is what I would Um, do.
2: Well, I think we need to wrap it up. Although I just saw Alex looking through his hundred pages of notes.
0: This is, I would love to tell you that this is all 902 I
2: believed it was. Um, Well, guys, thanks for talking. Karina, thanks for coming on. Thank you. I mean,
1: I'm happy to come back if you guys want to do a part two, like once you've made it into like the really sad later seasons. can talk about Matt (laughs) (laughs) and Noah.
0: Um, Oh my God, we didn't talk about Noah.
2: (laughs) Well, Karina, thanks for coming on our podcast. Uh, Everybody listen to Karina's podcast. Uh, You must remember this. It's the best. Uh, You're doing a series right now on dead blondes. That is amazing. Um, Where you've covered Marilyn Monroe, Jane Mansfield and other lesser-known <laughs> dead blondes like uh, Barbara Payton. I was saying it was the most recent episode. That's really great. Uh, and we will hopefully have you on again soon. Yes, thank you. Um, do we have a 90210-themed goodbye?
0: Um I can sing the entire theme song. No, in no, the no credits.
2: <laughs> okay, I mean It's yes. Instrumental.
0: <laughs> I can, I was I figured I found out in the shower this morning that I can literally like like I know every little do lick it, do it. thing like you know, not, yeah, is saying like I If you know, join in. It's like hits that thing like trucker gears dun
1: I've been watching a lot of early seasons before they started doing like that sort of intro with like the fist bumping. Oh, yeah. And so they, the credits are like panning over an anonymous woman in a bikini. Oh, yeah. And then like quick shots of like Gucci and other stores.
0: <laughs> they really, they did not make a lot of new B-roll for that show. Like even season the 10, they're still using that same shot of like, oh, Beverly Hills, sister city of Cannes. Like yeah. it just- <laughs> There's a lot of like B-roll rollerblading. <laughs> this is Dylan shows up like you know de-da-da-da. like they time it really perfectly it like goes into the minor key when he's like looking out of the car I like
2: when the guitar goes like it's like
0: that it's like it's in this so like early 90s late 80s it's a guitar that could be a saxophone. That's
1: right it's
0: probably a guitar it's both played by a guy in piano key necktie
1: thank you This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, Kasia Mihailovich, and James T. Green for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite
0: podcasts.